With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're going to give you can even watch back giving players all the props or put them on blast we don't give no hot takes only talk facts we're giving all our devotion riding high on this wave of emotion going all out yeah cause this is our time no way no stopping us till we reach the finish line To my man Sammy, got it off the ground. And to all the listeners tuned in right now, got debates, analysis, and speculation. This is sports talk for the new generation. You know where to find us, got a reputation. Sick podcast, your number one sports destination. Giving all our devotion, riding high on this wave of emotion. Going all out, yeah, cause this is our time. No, we no stopping us. Riding high on this wave of emotion Going all out, yeah, 
player when you lounge. X and O, you know that we can hold it down. Shout out to my man Sammy, got it off the ground. And to all the listeners tuned in right now, got debates, analysis, and speculation. This is sports talk for the new generation. You know where to find us, got a reputation. Sick podcast, your number one sports destination. Giving all a devotion, riding high on this wave of emotion. Going all out, yeah, cause this is our time. No, we no stopping us till we reach the finish line. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, the Sick Podcast. with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. <laughs> you're in the ball! Sports Entertainment. Like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Thursday, December 14. How is everyone doing tonight? I hope you're all doing well. We have a good one lined up. We always do, I think. But I uh, I have to tell you, I have, uh, I'm have. i starting to like more and more when we have these, um, these three-person panels, right? And we had it the other night, of course, with myself and Grant McCagg and Simo. And we're going to have it again tonight, of course. And we're going to have it with two gentlemen that I have a chance to do some work with because they're both employed by TVA Sport. We're going to get to them in just a minute. It's going to be Marc-André Perrault and Nicolas Cloutier. But first and foremost, of course, the SICK Podcast, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America Driven to be different. And I have to tell you something. There's something I really love about energy. There's a lot of things I love about Energy Transportation Group. I love Mike Cinquino. I love Sean Gerard. I love David Grassi. I love their staff. I love their service. I love their company. I love the fact that they're such huge sports fans. And I love the fact that they encourage amateur sports as well. The Winterfest 2023 
of the LaSalle Soccer Association will take place on this Saturday, December 16th in the morning uh, in the uh, Shadow Gay Soccer Complex in partnership with the Patrice Bernier Foundation, the Goal Initiatives Foundation, Aleto Sport, and yes, Energy Transportation Group. And uh, you can come watch some of, you know, the soccer stars of yesterday and even some of today. There's going to be an all-star game that's going to take place at noon on Saturday in support of women's soccer and in support of, you know, our women athletes actually staying active and being able to do something. And all you have to do to contribute is buy tickets at $10. And there's also going to be a raffle that's going to take place with a chance to win some real big prizes, one of which is going to be a 58-inch television. And, of course, uh, this is in support of the group of girls and athletes uh, that's um, being directed by the great Marinette Pichon. And so if you'd like to contribute, you can send them an email at info at LaSalleSoccer.com. I'm sure you can also pick up tickets at the event if you'd like to go to the event and watch guys like Patrice Bernier play a game of soccer, Ali Jerba play a game of soccer, Marinette Pichon play a game of soccer. I've been told that James Pantemis is going to be on hand as well. I'm sure there's going to be other names that are going to be added to the group. And yes, I'm going to be there too. I'm sure you're not going to pay to watch me, but I will tell you this, that after the game, there's going to be a meet and greet and everyone that's going to be there is going to be more than happy to meet with you, talk with you, take some pictures with you, and it's supporting a great cause. And that's one of the things I love about Energy Transportation Group. I love La Beta TB. They're brewed in Quebec. That's a reason to love them. They're a winner of a dozen international awards. They offer quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Beta TB, embrace your true nature. And I love Playground, also a partner and a sponsor. Uh, and I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen at Playground on Saturday night. I'm going to do that. Well, we'll do it right now. Why not? Uh, I'm going to be there with a live pregame podcast. So it's a busy day for me on Saturday, of course. Uh, I will be there. The sick team will be there live at Playground for their grand opening gala. They have revamped their casino. They have renovated their casino. They've had a couple of restaurants in the casino. One of them is called the Drunken Dragon, and the other one is called Etc. Check them out on Instagram. Start following them. Start following Playground YUL as well to check out the casino. But to give you the best idea of what it looks like, and there's a little picture right there, what you're going to have to do is show up. Be there on Saturday. It's an opportunity for all of us, you, the Sikh Army, the Sikh community, to go there, be able to finally put a face to a name. We'll be able to shake hands, a little hug, and maybe even a kiss. Who knows if you're nice. Uh, I look forward to seeing you all on Saturday night. We're going to have a special edition pregame show at 6 p.m. I'm going to stick around to, who knows, maybe midnight, at least 11 o'clock. I'll tell you that right now uh, because I want to play the slots myself. And there's going to be some slots you can play. There's going to be some poker you can play. There's going to be a bite to eat that you can go and have if you'd like to. And um, there's going to be a lot of mingling that's going to take place as well. It's going to be a meet and greet. We're going to have a lot of fun. The game will be on in the background. You'll always know what the score is. You'll probably be able to take a look every now and then. But there's going to be such great conversation going on. I don't know how much you're going to watch of the Canadians and the Islanders. But the Canadians are playing the Islanders on Saturday night. So meet us at Playground Saturday night. We've been talking about a meet and greet for quite some time going back to the summer. It's finally going to happen. Here's your opportunity. 
It's still relatively nice outside, so the weather is not going to be an excuse not to get out. You have no excuse. It's a Saturday night. Most of you are not working. I should be there. The sick team, we should be there at around 5.30 p.m. as we get ready for our 6 p.m. special edition live pregame show that's going to take place from Playground. We look forward to seeing you there. Without further ado, I talked about these gentlemen. I'm going to bring them in right now. From TVA Sport, Marc-André Perrault and Nicolas Cloutier. Messieurs, comment allez-vous? Hey, guys. How hey, are guys. You? Tony, well, you look great, but can uh, you hide you. those beers, please? Thank you, thank you, thank Making you. Making me thirsty. Yeah, these were supposed to go to you, by the way. I've, uh, I've told you on one more than one occasion that I had a 12-pack for you. I, I got to get a 12-pack for Nicolas Cloutier. Not a problem, not a problem. I'm well-connected there at the uh, Geloso Beverage Group. I can tell you that right now. All right. Well, well next time I do see you at G6, send some my way. Yeah, guys, we have so much to talk about. Earlier today, Martin St. Louis was asked if it's time to sit Josh Anderson, who has one goal to show on the season after 29 games. We know how it happened. It was an empty net goal that took place from 180 feet away. And he said, no, now is not the time for this and that Josh doesn't need this. I think it's a fair question, guys. I think it's a very, very fair question. Marc-Andre, you start. It's it's a fair question, obviously, because his production is like, it's pretty much dead. You said five points, 29 games. Just to give you an idea, Rafael Arvipinard, four points, 13 games. So th there's a big gap. But th the point is, Josh Anderson is not playing bad hockey. And I've seen him. Since he's in Montreal, he was driving me nuts because you never knew what to expect. Sometimes he was like uh, running around, hitting everybody, and sometimes you're just wondering if he was playing. But this year, it's not the case. He is playing uh, – well, I think he's playing good hockey. It, doesn't, it just doesn't go in. So when Martin Saint-Louis says, I'm not going to give up on, on him, I, I totally agree. Maybe we saw his power play minutes go down, went from mm – -hmm. Uh, first unit to second unit and some games he was not on the power play that I agree because you know you can play the best hockey of your life at some point you have to put points on the board but Josh Anderson is not playing bad hockey right now so I, I totally agree with uh, Marty Sainte on that. Nicola? Well what I'm going to say to me is what would it accomplish though because you're going to be stuck with that contract anyway and well it's trade value is, is down as it is. I mean, last year you could have gotten like a first rounder in a prospect for him, which would have been a, an amazing package. Uh, I, <laughs> I wanted to trade him last year. Uh, I, went did, I went on record. I went on record. I said, now the time. Getting, it's going to get worse. You look good right now. You look thank you. Good right thank now, you. Thank you. Thank you. It always looks players, good, though. I mean, it's, always that, that's, that's a fact. But this type of player, like a lot of GM are, you know, like desperately looking for them. So. Yeah, he's a, he's a unicorn. So, uh, of course, GMs are enamored about Josh Anderson. But what would it accomplish if you sit him down in the rafters? Because uh, his trade value is not going to go up. His confidence is not going to go up. I mean, it, at this point, he's a veteran. He knows what he's he's doing wrong and what he's doing right. Uh, it, it, some things you, you just can't explain sometimes. The, uh, I mean, hockey is a game of randomness at times. And uh, sometimes you just don't know why the puck doesn't go in the net. And that's yeah. kind of what's happening with Josh Anderson right now. He's always been kind of streaky as a goal scorer. And and like uh, Marc-Andre said, it's, I don't think it's a function of effort right now. No, it's just, not at all. They're just not going in. So 
you're stuck with that contract anyway. He's going to be a part of the team moving forward. Or if yeah. you want to trade him, you got to preserve his trade value. So what yeah. would, it, would it accomplish anything sitting him down? No, nothing whatsoever well, besides, I mean, sending a message. But what kind of message would it send? Well, he, he's been hitting post crossbars, yeah. missing empty nets, obviously. But he's he's driving the nets. He's hitting. He's using his speed to go uh, over the Ds. So, again, he... he the effort is there, and that's the main difference uh, between, let's say, uh, Anderson and Joel Armia. That yeah. it's it, that's why Armia was sent down, and Josh Anderson is not gonna uh, miss a game. That that's the biggest difference. But again, he is playing good hockey, and that's that's probably more even frustrating for him. Yeah, and I do think it's hard for Josh Anderson to find kind of balance in his play because every every time we see him in the playoffs, he looks like a horse out there because he can't yeah. go all out. You know, it's the playoffs; exactly. you go all out. You don't ask yourself the question. But regular season, I mean, you have 82 games, tough schedule. You can't play like Josh Anderson plays in the playoffs every single game. So it's hard for him to find kind of that middle ground and find his identity as a player in the 82 game schedule. And I, you remember when Marty Saint Louis came in? Uh, I, I I'm not sure if he like pointed exactly Gallagher or and Josh Anderson but basically he was saying that they're gonna have to change their game because there's so much you know they're yeah. south to north and they have to change a little bit and I think both adjusted pretty well but again you have to you know put the puck in the net sometimes yeah. I think you guys are onto something because if Josh Anderson was either a taking the spot of a young player who deserves to play and he's not getting in, I think we can really uh, make a case that, okay, maybe it's time to, 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 to put him in the stands for a game or two. Now, that's number one. Number two, if, um, if um, Josh Anderson, uh, if the Canadians were really legitimately trying to get into the playoffs here and Josh Anderson's hurting their chances to win you can make a case for it but right now it's kind of like status quo they're in a rebuild they're more competitive i think than they were a year ago the amount of games they've had into overtime i think can support that stat but there are other stats that might not support it which we're going to get into because our buddy michel terrier contributed to an article in the journal de montreal which has a lot of people talking in la belle province basically saying let's say the re the real things here the Montreal Canadiens have not improved. But I think they they have been in tighter hockey games. And so, look, I, I, I agree with you guys whatsoever. Unfortunately for Josh, his confidence is rock bottom right now. Yeah. Uh, everyone was hoping and crossing their fingers when he scored that empty net goal that the weight of the world had just come off his shoulders and he would have. But unfortunately for him, but it continues to be snake bitten. Your point is good, saying that you know it's it's still a process. But let's not forget Anderson is only twenty nine years of age. It's not as if he was 33, 34. You, you could see that you know he was slowing down. That's not the case. So he he might probably be part of the success of this team in two three years if he keeps on playing like like that. But that being said, and, I doubt it. I doubt it. Well, well, again, as Nick says, I mean, what's his value right now? And you need big guys like that, veteran. You saw when he fought, he fought against who I can't remember, and you, you know, you, you could feel that. You know, he was he's he's loved by this group. He's a good mm -hmm. hockey player. So again, but what I wanted to say is, and, and yeah. very respectfully, I'm going to disagree with Michel Terrien. 
Uh, it might be slower than we all thought the process, but, and you know what, after 10, 15 games, I probably would have said that I agree with Michel Terrain, but lately with all the injuries and everything, the goalie situation, I can see, I saw yesterday and I saw a few games earlier that there's improvement, but this team will not make the playoff. It, it, at best, it's playoff contenders. They're not going to make it. But, you know, they're far from being contenders. But it, this team is improving, and you can see it. So, I, I, respectfully, I disagree with uh, Mike on that. Well, just to bounce off of that, like, I will say, though, yes, they, they've been playing tighter games. But you might say they're improving in some aspects, but some other trends are alarming in my view. Of course, of course. I mean, course. wins by more than one goal. Wins by more than one goal. You have Buffalo, October 23, uh, Columbus, and you have Seattle. So that's three games. Three games the, the Abs have won by more than one goal this season. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's not a lot. We can all agree on that. And it's it, not. All the one goals gain, uh, um, all, all the one goals win, there's only one in regulation, which is against Anaheim. So uh, at some point, the forwards will have to score. But I, I, agree, with, I agree with you guys that the picture is kind of murky right now because there's so many injuries, so many key players are out. So how can you know if they regress or they improve? I mean, this is not the, the actual team on the ice right now. So uh, it, it's it's really hard to say if they regress or they improved or anything. But the thing is, none of the youngsters have taken a huge step in this lineup. I mean, you that's look a, at Cole Caulfield. He didn't take the next step. I incorrect. Mean, you in, incorrect. 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 Kaden Gouli is taking a big step. Well, lately, Gouli has not been dominating. I mean, well, Slavkovsky does, but I agree with you, Nick, on that. Uh, I mean, yeah. Just I mean, there, there has been some nice things with Slavkovsky, but yeah. let's not forget, guys, he's a first overall, and points are yeah. going to have to come by at some point. He's 19. I mean, I'm, so. I'm, I'm, I'm all for saying he's playing better hockey, but at some point, I mean, he can play better hockey for, what, 82 games and end up with 10 points? Like, what are the, we going to say? We're, 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 we're on to a great conversation here, and I'm going to tell you why, okay? As a matter of fact, I did some homework earlier today, and I'm going to bring By the way, Mapper, Jonah Gajevich of the Florida Panthers back on November 30th is the answer to your yeah. trivia question. That's the oh. guy that Josh Anderson fought. Okay, but now, um, okay. So let's take a look at this, and, and for once, I'm going to try and be rational because I know it doesn't happen very often with me because I'm pretty <laughs> emotional. I think Caden Gooley, my opinion, has taken one step forward this season, thus far after 29 games. Quietly, yes. I at believe, the start of the season, I would have said yes. Lately, more or less. Perfect. So, But let's look at it globally after 29 games because everyone okay. can have three bad sure. games. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. After 29 games is Caden Gooley on par with what he was a year ago, or do you think he's taken a step uh, step forward? Well, it's uh, last game. Sidney Crosby showed him, you know, how it works in the NHL last yes, night. But, yes, but, and Quinton Byfield showed him a couple of weeks ago. I get yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, I one I, was drafted first, and the other one was drafted second. Exactly, but let, yeah. let's not forget same thing that I said with uh, with uh, Slavkovsky being 19 years of age. Gouli is 21. It is so young. And there's a lot of things to learn. It, it's not as if he was like a Kale McCarr or, or a Quinn, like, you know, he puts point on the board and we're like just focus on the points. But subtilement, yes. more, uh, it, you can tell that his game is improving, but there's a lot of work to do. Yeah. But it's been tell subtle. Me about a, okay. yeah, tell me tell about me, a. Tell me, Justin kid. Barron hasn't improved. 
from where he was a year ago? He did. He did. Big time. I believe so. Okay. If I would have told you uh, last year at this time that this was going to be Jaden Struble right now, would you have believed me? That, 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 if what? If one year ago at this time, I would have told you Jaden Struble is going to be with the Montreal Canadiens 29 games into the season, and this is the way he's going to play. Obviously not, but he's improved. Injuries is a factor, so let's be let's be careful here. You're right, you're right, but he's still doing the job. Samuel Montembeau is a young. He's not relatively, you know, he's not old. I understand he's mid twenties, okay, but Montembeau has improved from where he was a year ago, as good as he was last year because he was good. You're right. You're right. Um. Slavkovsky, we talked about. Slavkovsky's improved, okay? Maybe we're not seeing it as much in points, but Slavkovsky's not getting tagged anymore. Slavkovsky's head is up a lot more. Slavkovsky's taking a lot more information. Slavkovsky's going to the net. Slavkovsky's being a better playmaker. Slavkovsky's playing with confidence. And Slavkovsky, by the way, in the time that he's been united with Suzuki and Caulfield, has been the best one on the line, more so than the other two guys. What sure, Tony, but we're talking about marginal improvements here. Like, no youngster has taken this team and taken the reins and taken off. I mean, we're, I mean, you're, you're talking about Justin Barron. Like, uh, of course, he's playing a little better than last year, but he hasn't popped off. Like, nobody has really, like, popped off. And like, and he's not a top three, so and he, he won't be. So that's, that's a, you know. Sure, it's a, sure. So. but Caulfield could have. I mean, we had expectations for him. Yes, I agree with you, Nick, on that. We're talking about, we're not talking about the big guns here. Like, have you seen improvement from Suzuki and Caulfield? To me, that's, you know, that's pretty much the only question that that's not that's relevant, but, you know, the most important one. All right. The answer is no. Okay. So, so, so let me ask you this. How much of a drop, in your opinion, has there been for Suzuki? who earlier today, Marty St. Louis said, he has to get his nose a lot more in the traffic. I don't know about Suzuki. He's a good kid. He's a good hockey player. Sometimes, you know, if if you're really analyzing his play, you're going to see good things that doesn't necessarily end up in goals or assists. But late, well, this year, too many games, I just don't see him at all. Like, almost wondering, is he playing? That's not a number one centerman. Yeah. And again, I- I'm not saying he's playing bad, but you just don't see him. And, it, you know, it's fine to do a, a nice play by the board to get the puck or, you know, get on a, on a one-on-one battle. But at some point, I, I have to see you. I have, you know. I have something on Nick. Yeah. Nick, well, how much of a drop-off do you think it's been for Suzuki? Well, let's say uh, 15 or 20%. But the thing is, the things we've been, we've been seeing lately confirm to me that maybe we have to be more realistic about his ceiling. It's more about that for me. Uh, the conclusion I'm getting to is not, oh, how much has he dropped off, is who is Nick Suzuki? And maybe we're learning right now that he's a very good player, but not a franchise centerman. Maybe uh, not even a number one centerman, and that's totally fine. I mean, it's, is it it's something you just learned by Mark Bergevin at the times? It's not something you just learned, Nick. I mean, it's yeah, it's all about expectations. You're right on that. But who expected Nick Suzuki to be a number one star well, centerman? I, I, I do think some fans expected that.
and I, I'm 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 being very like uh, I don't want to you know trash talk against Suzuki. I I, yeah. I really like the kid. He's a really good hockey player, but is he a number one centerman for a Stanley Cup contender team? The answer is no, and that's not you know bashing him. It's just it's it, it's hard to be a number one centerman star in the NHL. There's not a lot of them. So, well, you know. Um... A lot of people that saw him go from the Owen Sound attack, where, by the way, he had a season of 100 points, and then make his way to the Guelph Storm and then play the way he did the in Memorial the playoffs, Cup, in the great. Memorial Cup and all yeah. that. Listen, he, you know, that year, in, He's very uh, good. you know, he had 40, he had 42 points in the playoffs. He is 42 points in the playoffs good. and 24 games. So, look, Craig Button joined me last night, and, and I, I asked him the question. I said, is Nick Suzuki a number one centerman on a cup winger? And in his opinion, uh, it's all about who you're surrounded with. And he said, well, and we talked about, take a look at Los Angeles' centerman. Take a look at uh, Tampa Bay centerman. Take a look at the centerman that Toronto had a year ago when Ryan O'Reilly was still there. Yeah, You know, there are there are other teams. If, if Take a look at a lot, a Vegas last year when they won the Stanley Cup and even this year, right? Eichel. Uh, Stevenson. Um, can, can I ask you a question, Tony? Wa and uh, and uh, who am I missing now? Who am I missing? Now? William Carlson, right? Who, like, let's say the age factor is not not for that question. But who's the best, Suzuki or Dano? <laughs> you went there. I mean, who? Like seriously? I think Dano is a better two hundred foot player. I think Suzuki is a better offensive player. Better offensive player. Okay. I think you need both of them on your team, if I'm being fair. But where's Dano in LA? He's on the second line behind yeah. Kopitar. There you go. Yeah. That's <laughs> no, no, listen, I, I, I hear you. But once again, you know, they have three centermen like Pierre Luc Dubois. They have they have uh, they have uh, Kopitar, they have Dano, they have Pierre Luc Dubois, and they have Trevor Lewis. They got four pretty deep centermen. So I'm gonna you made a great point. I asked Craig Button as well yesterday. A lot of people think Kirby Doc's ceiling is higher than that of Nick Suzuki's. To that, you say what? I agree. I agree. Uh, Nick, what do you say? Yeah, I agree. I think Doc is more of that X factor to him. I mean, I, I, I'm not even saying you cannot win a cup with Suzuki as your first line center. I mean, yeah. you lose one one with O'Reilly. I'm yeah. not even yeah. saying Suzuki is O'Reilly. I mean, you can win a cup with Suzuki as your first line center. I'm just saying I don't think he's the top dog on your team. I don't yeah. think he's the X factor guy. Maybe Dak has that. Maybe he has that that kind of that extra factor, that extra edge to his game. Craig dismissed it right away. He said at no point did he ever think that Kirby Dock uh, was a, a, a better centerman than Nick Suzuki. And he says, no, 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 I don't, not, I don't believe it. No. So we're gonna keep our eyes on it because, like Mark Andre said, he's a, he's a big boy. Yep. Kirby Dock. We've seen some flashes where he's had some dominant shifts where we're like, oh my god. If one day this guy's able to put this all together and stay healthy, he could yeah. be something to deal with. So here's some of the homework that I did earlier today. Nicolas Coutier is a guy who does a lot of homework himself. You're really going to appreciate this. Um, but bef before we do, once again, Jornal de Montréal, let's bring it up, starting with the front page. We have it. We do. Yeah. On va se dire les vraies choses. Le Canadien regresse. Let's say the real things the Canadians are regressing. An article by Michel Terrien. Let's go into it again. 
normalement, tes meilleurs éléments doivent être tes meilleurs joueurs sur la glace, mais en ce moment, les meilleurs joueurs se comportent comme des joueurs ordinaires, particulièrement des attaquants. Ils sont même bons derniers dans la LNH pour le nombre de buts marqués. C'est une statistique révélatrice et inquiétante. Normally, your best players, uh, your best elements have to be your best players on the ice. But right now, their best players are playing like ordinary players, especially the forwards. They're also last in the National Hockey League for goals scored. It's um, a stat that says a lot. Uh, I, guys, I didn't know that they were last for goals scored in the National Hockey League. Am I learning something here or what? The forwards are. The forwards. The forwards. The, the D-men are scoring all the goals, Tony. Correct. I mean, yes. You've you seen the games. Yeah, 38% of the goals with 23 yeah. goals. Second in the National Hockey League, guys. Behind the Colorado Avalanche, who have scored 24 goals, okay? Let's continue with the article. Ne me sortez pas l'excuse des blessés. Don't come out with the excuse of injuries. I don't want to hear anything about it. Je comprendrais d'avoir une telle régression si les meilleurs joueurs étaient à l'infirmerie. I would understand a drop in production if your best players were the ones that were out with injury. Si Nick Suzuki et Cole Caulfield étaient blessés, ça changerait tout, mais ils sont en santé. Et malgré tout, ils ne produisent et ne progressent pas. If Suzuki and Caulfield were hurt, I'd understand it. It could change everything, but they're healthy. And despite the fact they're being healthy, they're not producing and they're not progressing. I think there's more. Yeah. Th these are some solid opinions, guys. I love I, it. I, I do disagree it. a lot, though. But No, yeah. no, but it, it's okay to disagree, mm -hmm. but it gives us stuff to talk about. God bless you, Michelle. I love you, man. Oh, yeah. If, yeah you can't Michelle. argue with the facts. You can't argue with facts. That's Il faut uh, I, Yeah, well, with other facts, you can, maybe. Okay, well, we're going to try and get to those other facts. Il faut arrêter de se mettre la tête dans le sable. We have to stop putting our head in the sands. Il est maintenant temps de se dire les vraies choses. Le Canadien regresse. The Canadians are regressing. Le rôle de tous les membres de l'organisation de faire progresser les joueurs, ce n'est pas le cas présentement. He gets back to... And then he says... Um, he says... Um, this, is, this, is, this is interesting. Uh, si l'équipe progressait davantage, if the team was progressing, il y aurait plus d'engouement de la part des partisans. The fans would be more into it. Et moins de bancs vides au Centre Bell. And... Less empty seats inside the Bell Center. Let's not forget, he says, the Canadians are not an, uh, just another team. Because of their past history, their glorious history, and the unconditional love from their fans, they're held to a different, uh, you know, a different regard. So, Nick, you said, when Marc-Andre yeah. said, you can't argue with facts, you said, well, you can argue with other facts. Yeah. Give me your well, other facts. Well, Michel is saying that the injuries don't matter. Well, that's false because it changes kind of all the matchups. I mean, if, if Kirby Doc is playing, if Alex Newhook is playing, I mean, the other teams, when they do their pre-scout, Tony, they have only two forwards to worry about, and that's Caulfield and Suzuki. That's it. That's that's the homework. Well, it changes everything if you have Dak in the lineup, if you have Newhook in the lineup. It, it takes pressure off those two guys. Right now, like the, the burden of scoring goals is solely on Suzuki and Caulfield. And that's kind of the problem. I mean, are they playing good hockey right now? No, they're not. But the, the injuries do change the, the outlook of things. It would be dishonest to say it doesn't change anything.
You, my friend, are on fire. Look at you. The fire is coming out in the podcast studio right here. And my Brad, you love Michelle, though. I love I, him. Damn you, Nicola Cloutier, for stealing my thunder today because that was the point I was going to drive home. I don't know what to say anymore. Sorry, podcast sorry, is man. over. Good night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night. It's like podcast. Bye-bye. No. Okay. <laughs> Let me bring up. I told you I did some homework, so here we go. Nick, you're going to appreciate this because I, I you like to formulate a lot of stats. All right. So I did some homework. Let's bring it up. Uh, last season versus this season. What do you think of that, guys? Huh? 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 I have to tell you, I wrote it it's down in art. a text message, and Juliana at Master Control is the one responsible Jesus for this beautiful Christ. graphic here, okay? Last season, guys, Suzuki, 0.8 points per game. His average this season is 0.79. There's no drop-off, guys. It's relatively the same. And the players I put up here, guys, I put up the two goalies, and I put up some core players on this team, okay? Michael Matheson, last season, 0.71 points per game. This season, 0.69. So you see that Suzuki dropped uh, like by the, the, the thinnest of margins. Um, Matheson as well. But now let's dig a little bit deeper, okay? Monaghan last year was hurt after game 25. 17 points in 25 games this year, 17 and 29. He too dropped a little bit from 0.68 points per season. Uh, the point, points per game, pardon me, to 0.59. There's been a drop. So last year, Dvorak had uh, 0.44 points per game, okay? 0.44 for Dvorak and 0.26 points per game for Dvorak this season. Dvorak went down. Josh Anderson went down, okay? But once again, these this is their points per game throughout an entire season, and we're comparing it to what they're on pace for this season. You got it? Yeah. Yep. The big difference, guys, is what we said at the beginning of the show, and the stats support it. It's a huge drop-off for Josh Anderson who, guys, is on pace for 0.03 goals per game. Like, that's what he's, that's what he's averaging. He's yeah. averaging 0.03 goals per game. Cole Caulfield is averaging 0.24 goals per game. Last yeah. year, Cole Caulfield averaged... Um, well, he was on pace for 47, so... 5.7 goals yeah. per game. I mean, but that's... That's the, the difference. When I was talking about facts with the Michel Therrien's uh, article, I mean, uh, facts are that uh, Caulfield and Suzuki are not improving. Facts is that mm -hmm. the, the forwards are not scoring, but it's also a fact, and I agree with Nick on that. I mean, injuries, it, it is a fact. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, uh, you hear players, you hear coaches, it's it's like a cliche or it's something that, you know, you always say because you don't want to look bad and you want, but, but it, it is a fact, injuries, especially when it's Kirby Doc and you hook, Nick said, said it, and uh, let's not forget that uh, David Saval uh, was injured, so that that's big time matchup problem when David Saval is not on the, on the lineup, so it, it is a fact, but at some point, I mean, you have to figure it out, and for top players, you have to take you know, take it on your shoulders, and you know, play better hockey. We showed that Dvorak went down a little bit. Um, everyone went down a little bit. Suzuki went down a little bit. Matheson went down a little bit. Monahan went down a little bit. Dvorak went down a little bit more. 
Um, Josh Anderson went down uh, a lot. Cole Caulfield went down a lot. That's what it is. Nick touched on something very important. When he touched on matchups, let's bring up the injuries, okay? Last year, after 29 games, if we can bring up the injury chart, last year after 29 games, Drouin missed 16 games. Hoffman missed 10. Monahan missed four. Notable injuries this season because there's been more than this, guys. Okay, I didn't put Rafael RV Pinard in there because he wasn't with the Canadians at the beginning of the season last year. But Kirby Docks missed 27 games, guys. David Savard's missed 22. Dvorak missed 12. Newhook missed six. And Gooley missed four. Guys, the injuries this season have impacted the team a lot more than the injuries last season. I mean, it's, there's they no change the medical staff. So what are you going to yeah. do? <laughs> That's what's frustrating. It's it's just more of the same. There's there's no regression for me. There's no upgrade for me. It's just more of the same compared to last year. I mean, we're seeing the same patterns repeat, yeah. repeat themselves over and over. And and I mean, we, we can't really blame the Canadians. I mean, they, they took they took it seriously by revamping their medical staff. So what, what does Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon do now? I mean, they, they just they can just pray good luck at this point. Yeah. So uh, I, I look at this. So individually, so if that article would have said, and and by the way, and the article does say a lot of that, right? A big emphasis in the article by Michelle is that you weigh your team's success by your best players, and the yeah. Canadians' best players have regressed. Exactly. That is mm-hmm. that is that is that is not uh, that's pretty factual. Like yeah, like Mark Andre said, st- statistically factual. Suzuki's dropped, Caulfield's dropped, Monahan's dropped. You know, those are the Canadians' best players. They've dropped. It's factual. I think what you said is very important. If Doc is there. Caulfield doesn't have to go up against the number one line all the time. Caulfield doesn't have to go up against the number one duo. Caulfield, um, Caulfield won't be getting all the attention that he's getting. Right now, I mean, you, everyone knows that they're passing the puck to Cole Caulfield, and everyone knows that Caulfield's firing that puck more than anyone else in the team. It's, it's, they're very predictable, and they were and very easy to defend. There was a depth issue before the injuries. Imagine now with the injuries and 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 having Doc first, he he scores uh, points and he takes a spot on the power play of someone who doesn't belong on the power play. So that's it's yeah. important. But it's I mean I, I was kind of surprised to read that article from Michelle because knowing Mike and you know him too, he's very conservative. Like and the last thing he wants to be is like that in French we say like the mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah, Lex Belmire, and you know, criticizing after he's gone, and that's so. When Michel says, you know, that well, he, he I, feels I, it. That's what he believes, of course. Yeah, yeah. like deeply. So yeah. uh, to me, it, it. I don't agree with everything he he says, but uh, you know, it, it tells me that there's something wrong right now. So. I can't disagree with the statement that the top players of the Canadians are in the top players right now. I mean, there's nothing to disagree with here. My my main point was about him saying the injuries don't matter. I mean, it's not true that they don't entirely matter. 
And Dak is the biggest piece. I mean, I think we've been underestimating how important Dak was to this team, maybe. Uh, he doesn't just uh, score points. I mean, he wins puck battles. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, I mean, I would say Dak, at the biggest in, – in his biggest – in his bigger moments, like at the height of his game, I mean, he might be the best player in the Canadians when he's really at the, the height of his game. That's, that's why I give him the hedge – Fair like uh, compared to Suzuki, because when Suzuki is a high of his game, he's a pretty good player. But Doc is a dominant player when he plays at his best. More flashy, more you know, more yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But you know, there's a lot of players that aren't able to put it together. I mean, mm -hmm. look at Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson is the same guy who scored what 27 goals yeah. when he was in Columbus, and he's the same guy that you know in preseason he was. But Doc um, is way more talented, and you know, of course, yes, he's a top three pick. So that's, I mean, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a top three pick by no, fluke no. usually. No, no. There's, there's no doubt that he has tools. Exactly. Uh, what do you make of, of of Marty St. Louis though saying that Suzuki's got to go more into the traffic? Well, I mean, true. <laughs> it's it, it, it's just true, but it, you know that 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 question could have been asked about pretty much any player on that yeah. team and it's it, yeah. it's still accurate and yeah it, it's a problem i don't see i don't see a desperate team but it's hard to be desperate when you're losing hockey games you've been losing for two years now and you don't see the end of it, it, it it's hard it's not everybody is david Savard who even if they're dead last last game uh five seconds left he's gonna put his body in front of a slap shot it, it's but so to me, it's another thing. They have to be more desperate to win hockey games. So that's my opinion on that. I think uh, Nick just fractured his finger. Oh uh, yeah, just a, just a, a small cut. He's they a tough took care uh, just, of it yesterday. Uh, uh, just, just a small cut. Okay, it's a yeah. good thing. I thought for a second there he was going to be out of the lineup too. I was starting to get worried. <laughs> no, I'm good. Hey, I mean, on the TV, on, on the TV Aspar disabled list because uh, <laughs> out with an injury. Hello, we're all top shape. Who's the next man up if you're out injured? Oh, oh, the, the roster isn't Nick. that deep right now, Tony. Can't replace Nick. <laughs> Mark Mark Andre is gonna have to do a little bit of overtime. A little bit. Oh uh, yeah, no, hey, I, I, I've done um, enough. Yeah. You uh, you did a piece, Nick. You did a piece on uh, Lane Hudson's brother. Guys, I'm gonna have to say goodbye. Yes. Yeah. Right sure. here. And, have a good uh, one. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks for having I me. I was aware. I didn't know. What, okay, thank you so much. We'll Take talk care, to you buddy. soon, my man. All right, See there you have it. Yeah, good. No, it's perfect timing because you could talk to me about your piece. What did you do? Uh, well, I talked to uh, to Cole Otson, who is the, the brother of Lynn Otson. And Cole Otson uh, has a chip on his shoulder, Tony, because the old Otson family took it personally when Lane dropped at the draft in Montreal in 2022. We remember Lane had these elite stats with the American program uh, in 2022, and he dropped 62nd at the draft. And yeah. we can agree, Tony, that lesser players have been taken uh, before him. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the old family took it person, personally and found it very unfortunate. So uh, Cole Hudson right now, uh, Cole Hudson, by the way, who is an offensive defenseman also and who shattered the, the, the points record for a, a U17 player with the American program last year, uh, is trending to be drafted in the first round. And that's his objective because he wants to stick it to the scouts that think uh, player like Lane Hudson, a, a defensive uh, an offensive defenseman like Lane Hudson doesn't deserve to be drafted in the first round. So he, he has something to prove this year. And I find his profile very interesting. He's, a, he's very much 
like Lane, but he's a bit bigger. He's already 5'10", uh, and he has some room uh, some room to grow. He describes himself as a more physical Lane, uh, Lane Hudson, and his coach uh, with the national program, uh, Nick Four, told me uh, he's a bit more of a natural player than Lane. A little bit more of a natural player yeah. than Lane, meaning because what Lane exactly? is such a high work ethic, like he has a very high motor, and even Cole would would tell you that Lane has a has a better work ethic than him because uh, his uh, work ethic is uh, is just off the charts, you know. Yeah. So uh, to to Cole, it does seem to be a little bit more natural, but they all yeah. kind of arrive at the same. Uh, at the same result because they play so much of the same way on the ice. That's the report we get from Lane Hudson, right? First one on the ice, last one off the ice. Yeah, uh, which exactly. is, you know, coaches love to hear stuff like that. And so do general managers. Absolutely. I mean, you have it all. And you know what, Tony? Uh, I asked Cole because he never played with Lane Hudson. I mean, they, they were they're like a couple of years apart. or They were never really on the same team, but they would have the opportunity to play on the same team next year with Boston University. But so I asked Cole, like, do you think you have any chance of playing with your brother next year? And he's like, no, like, no chance. I mean, yeah. he, he's been incredible this, these last few years, and he, he's just going to play with the Canadians at, at the end of the year. You have uh, been doing a lot of reporting and a lot of digging on a lot of Montreal Canadiens prospects. Um, I know that Cole Hudson, of course, uh, is has not been drafted yet, and he's 2024 eligible. Who knows? Maybe one day he will be reunited with his brother. But of the players who were drafted from the Montreal Canadiens outside of Lane Hudson, uh, who can you talk to us about that you've talked to lately or done some work on? Uh, well, talk lately. Um, well, lately I've been I've been covering the the rocket a lot. As far as the as far as the the prospects, I'm, I'm talking to prospects as for the uh, upcoming draft in the last few in the last few weeks. So I, I talked to the son of Saku Koivu, uh, and I'm gonna be, and I'm gonna be uh, doing probably an article on uh, Florian Jakai very soon. Oh, uh, Florian cool. Jakai, who was discovered by Matt Turek. This is an interesting story. Okay, Matt Turek is a former scout, Ontario scout for the Abs, and he's now the the GM of the Brentford Bulldogs. And he has known the Jakais since they're like ten years old. And he told me point blank, and this is going to be in an in an upcoming article that I mean, Florian in his opinion, is just scratching the surface with his potential. And Florian, at a very young age, was actually a smaller skill players. That's why his profile is so interesting, and that's why um, Nick Bobrov called him a unicorn, is because you have this former smaller skill players now that is now adjusting to this bigger frame, and when he figures it out, you might have something very interesting come out of this. And there's, there are not a lot of players with that package, maybe of skill and size in the National Hockey League nowadays. And for Jack, I, that's why he was such an interesting bet uh, in the first round by the Canadians, even though the stats would tell you maybe that was a reach. I mean, there are people within the Montreal Canadiens that are very excited about Florian Jackai. I can tell you that, and it's going to be very interesting to see his development in the next uh, in the next few years. So, seeing as you have been spending some time covering the Laval Rocket, answer me this: What's happened with Joshua Roy in the last uh, three or four weeks? Uh, I mean, just growing pains, Tony. Nothing, nothing exceptional. Nothing like. I mean, we I wasn't expecting Joshua Roy to light up the, the American Hockey League uh, all year long, to be honest, because, 
I mean, Ahua is a very good prospect, but he's still not a perfect player in my mind. I mean, there was there were always some issues with his pace of play, with his skating, even though he has such an elite hockey brain. Uh, so there, there were going to be drawing pings in this calendar. It, it, it's tough for, for players that are, that are adjusting to the pro level. So I don't have any issues with uh, Joshua Ahua's uh, uh, dip in his play uh, as of late, uh, and I think he is going to be be playing a few games, maybe with the Canadians at the maybe at the end of the year. But um, and there's a possibility that he also plays in the American Hockey League next year too. Uh, I always thought Hua would take a couple of years in the AHL before getting settled in the NHL to really find his groove, find his role. Uh, so no, I, I can't say I'm really alarmed nor surprised. Mitchell Stevens was recalled by the Canadians. What was it? Just over a week ago, Emil Heineman was recalled by the Canadians yesterday. Were those the two players to recall from uh, from Laval? Well, one player that is interesting to me, Tony, is Brendan Gignac because he doesn't have an NHL contract. But when I talked to Jean-François Hull, he told me that uh, according to the numbers the Rocket have internally, he was by far the number one uh, guy uh, as far as the scoring chances. And by by huge margin, like nobody was close. Uh, so this is a guy that has been playing very good hockey in the AHL this year, but doesn't have an NHL contract. So maybe something that gets taken care of sooner than later. But uh, I'd like to see him get a shot, maybe just get a few games, so the Canadians can see can see what they have. You know, uh, Kent Hughes went on the eye test with Jimmy Murphy and Pierre Maguire a couple of mm-hmm. days ago on the Sick Podcast Network. He talked about Jaden Struble. He said he gave Jaden a call. He said, Jaden, listen, we're calling you up. Uh, you deserve it. You worked real hard in the summer. You worked real hard in the season. You've been the most consistent defenseman down with the Laval Rocket. I don't think you're going to play, but I want you to see what is the life of a pro. And then he says shortly thereafter, uh, Jordan Harris got called to go do imaging uh, for his injury, and mm-hmm. uh, Harris has been out of the lineup. Struble's got in, and he's never come out. Um, if the Canadians had to recall a defenseman, Today, who would that be that's been the most consistent defenseman following Struble's departure? Or is honestly, honestly, I really don't know. I don't think there's any like. I mean, it, it has been maybe, maybe, maybe Trudeau, but it's been a whirlwind for. I, I, there's no really deserving candidate right now. That's what I'm gonna say. I mean, they could call up Norlander. Would he deserve it? No. Oh, so he hasn't been good, huh? No, not really. <laughs> And uh, and Logan Mayu, what's going on with his defensive I mean, game? I mean, I, at this point, if you're gonna call call up Mayu, I, I would just rather call like a, a veteran in the AHL or like not mess with this development. I mean, what I've seen from Mayu is that there are flashes of brilliance on the ice. The the, the tools are there, uh, but there are also uh, too many um, too many mistakes on the ice. Too many. Uh, things that he cannot uh, escape with uh, at the pro level. So uh, he's been a mixed get back kind of because you see the games and he's been noticeable. So I'll give him that. You notice him on the ice, but not always for the good reasons. But you, you see him. I mean, there's flashes of brilliance out there. He, he makes some great plays in the offensive zone. The tools are there. I just think he, need, he needs time to figure it out. He hasn't played a lot of hockey in the last few years. But uh, give him a couple of years, and I think he'll make an impact at the NHL level. Solid stuff, Nick. Very much appreciate taking the time. You joined me last year. You were awesome. I think it's the first time this season, is it not? It it is. I mean, it was so hard to get it working with with my schedule, but I always have to come and talk to you, Tony. 
Thank you very much. Nicola hey, Kutsiev, follow him on Twitter. He's a real interesting follow. I'm going to tell you that right now. I want to thank Energy Transportation Group. I want to thank Labita TV, and I want to thank Playground. They're reminding you once again that we're going to be going live with a special edition pregame show on Saturday night starting at 6 p.m. live from Playground. We hope that we'll be able to see some of you so we can put a face to a name once again and we can all get to know each other in person. That'll be pretty cool. It's going to be our opportunity to introduce you to Playground so you can go in, you can take a look at what it is. I'm sure you're going to love it and I'm sure that you're going to end up going back. Looks like Stefan from Quebec City is probably going to be joining us because uh, he asked if he can wear his Los Angeles Kings jersey. You can wear whatever you want, my man. There's no problem at all. And we hope to see you at the playground, along with La Belle Jose and all you other Montreal Canadiens fans and Sick Army and Sick Community. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you liked it, like it, share it with your friends, comment Sick, S-I-C-K, and uh, give us a five-star review on Apple if you can. It's our way of feeling the love. For Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana, at Master Control, their Cavallaro, I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.